Hello, welcome to Solomon's Temple. In this episode, I'm doing Sidney Shoemaker's subset account of realizers. I did this as my final paper in my philosophy degree, and I'm gonna do my best to read it as fluidly as I can. It is a little bit confusing. Probably half the time I don't exactly know what I'm talking about, but I think it's definitely worthy of being on here in light of everything else I've done. So it's a prepared piece. It's uh, 2,211 words and it's relatively dense and analytical, but it is a fascinating concept. Like everything else, in my opinion, on here uh, fascinates me. So without further ado, let me get into it. The causes of mental events take on manifold relationships to parts of the body, environment, and the brain. The most important way to reduce these ob observances to derive the correct assumptions about the location and nature of the mind is to negate the dualism that arrives when semantically referring to the mind and as a result saves us from committing to causes of the mind being of something else other than the physical world. Dualism of any other causative framework in philosophy fails due to its inability to derive causes from the correct understanding of how to determine the physical properties responsible for giving us our mental events. The term mind itself seems upon using it linguistically and thus conceptually detached from the place where causes of mental events necessarily arise. The physical world with its properties and states adhere to physical laws and any other use of the term mind that isn't adhering to physical laws are not correct understandings of the mind. Physicalism is the position I take with the mind-body problem, and I accept epiphenomenalism as the ideal account for explaining mental events as physical entities. Anything contributing to a mental event must be physical because the mental event is processed and realized by physical states that act by the existence of physical properties containing mental events. Any mental occurrence characterized differently does not share in the capacity to have causal powers and is thus non-existent. I will demonstrate how epiphenomenalism is the strongest theory concerning the mind-body problem. My view is that physical states are all that counts when identifying mental events and will use the example of having memory as the representation sufficient for epiphenomenalism. Sidney Shoemaker's subset account of realizers is the approach I find most effective upon conceiving of a proper method to address physicalism as it pertains to the mind-body problem. So in summary, epiphenomenalism, or that which is beyond our known phenomena that we can point to, understand, see, feel, explain, etc., says that causes of mental events exist in the physical properties where mental events take place. Physical events happen all throughout the body and the brain, which is assumed to have the capacity to cause an experience of the mind, Whatever it is, a process of memory or a state of being in pain, it has that which constitutes what it is to have a mental event, or M. To have a multitude of physical properties that give the event its occurrence proceeds to be the case that the mental events and their properties are instantiated by the physical properties that are occurring as a subset of causes that realize mental events. By necessity, physicalism is the only way to express mental states when we assume sufficiently that the mind is to be located at a place where M occurs and has a forward-looking relationship to another state of being that is also a physical property 
and also contains states that contribute to it. When multiple properties are generating corresponding causal features, then the one for which the event is most noticeably real is the one which makes the mental come true. The location of the mind is the throughout the process of physical properties that are realized, but from where the experience is caused, the brain's reception is where P is realized, causing M to reside there. Therefore, the mind and body are experiencing themselves when they are part of the same causal path or a subset of the same causal path. In Shoemaker's essay, he writes, the subset account is as follows. As a first approximation, property P has property Q as a realizer just in case the forward-looking causal feature of property P are a subset of the forward-looking causal properties of Q. The backward-looking causal features of P have as a subset the backward-looking features of Q. In a particular case, an instantiation of P is realized by an instantiation of property Q. Just in case P and Q are instantiated in the same thing and Q is a realizer of P, call this the subset account. So the subset view proposed by Sidney Shoemaker assumes that a certain belief of a mental event, M, can be realized by alternative physical states state 1, 2, 3, etc. This belief is inferential, and the origin of the mental event is a physical property, and all of the physical states that realize it. The mental event itself is caused by the presence of being a physical property, and the physical property is realized by the occurrence of having physical states. Arriving at another mental event requires a different physical property which contains any shared or new sets of physical states that differ in realizable capacities. Each physical state that is a realizer of some physical property, which causes a mental event, is sufficient for causing that event. P can share with other states the same causal route to the arrival at the same physical property causing a mental event. New instances of a mental event can be realized by the same set of physical states, but all instances of M cannot be realized by the same physical states if a different causal route is not shared by other instances of P but any instance of M would have been realized by a sufficient cause of some realizer of M. Therefore, M's causal powers include those relevant to bringing about M. In conclusion, a mental event rather than its realizers causally contributes to itself, even though for in each instance of M is realized by some P that is a sufficient cause of a realizer of M and is thus sufficient for M. The most important principle involved in the subset view is that the mental event itself is sufficient for being causally connected. This gives an account of causation that is tenable. Given that scientifically understood first and final causes are often hypothetically locatable, which is relevant to this assumption that what counts as the physical property generating the mental event is caused by the mental event itself. Wherever M is, forward-looking causation identifies M's properties as having the effects experienced by possession of a subset of causal features from another property, P. While the causal features of P are backward-looking and are the states of things that happen along the way to its production of the property and features of Q, a physical cause is responsible for all mental events because a mental event is the cause for itself and it occurs only by means of being a physical property, thus a mental event is physical by necessity. A critique here, a mental event is an anachronism 
that is purely analytical in form cannot be the, the case because there are always physical entities involved in events that occur mentally. So M is a sufficient cause for M, and physical properties contain the mental event, and physical properties are sufficient for the mental event to occur, therefore physicalism is necessary for M. Upon observing mental events, the belief in where the event occurs gives itself the sufficient cause for being a property that is having the subset of states realize it. If there is no place to fully realize anything at all, then we cannot justify having the mental event by a physical property and that, and that is impossible. So it follows epiphenomenalism is true. Physical states that contribute to some physical quality, physical property, that realizes a mental state are not sufficiently causal outside of a mental state. That is, the same set of physical states that contribute to multiple instances of M are not all sufficient in causing M unless you first assume that M1 is sharing the same causal route as M2. This relationship for M is to always contain with it the characterization of its final cause being whenever M occurs, P is causing M. This means we can do away with inconsistency of the locations of causes and any need for supposing among further occurrences of physical states to arrive at M. I believe this proposition strengthens the epiphenomenalist position because it doesn't have the overtone of prima facie assumption. The cause which comes to mind, in quotes, when I experience a memory is the one where the event itself causes the memory. The event which you remember is an event of memory, which is in the brain and stored by what neurophysiologists call en engrams. The event itself was physically present throughout my body and in my brain, so upon retrieving the event through memory, I have the event again within the event of my memory of it. Yet I am making the event occur to me, but not in the physical states that were present within the experience of the original mental events that took place. The mental event which occurs when the event happens itself seems to cause the memory despite the fact it shows itself as two different causes. If my memory is storing and conditioning information, my guess is that if I'm retrieving it, the causal path of all the physical states must have moved with it if I am to get any trace of the event that had occurred before it. We say a mental event is realized by the states necessary to have its physical property cause itself, so memories are functioning from a new place of M with the trace of having been realized with the causal profile of another event. Is the event itself and the memory of the event close enough to render it causally sufficient for M to have different physical properties, yet be causing the same mental events? If M is related to another M, then how much of one mental event would need to occur where there isn't any other mental event causing it to occur? A memory in this view can be seen by having realized multiple mental events that are causally related to a particular mental event, yet is only caused by that which produces memory as a property of being M. Otherwise, multiple instances of a mental event can go into realizing the physical states present in only one, which begs the question how much of a cause is related to one or the other before they are enough to be about the same mental event, but be two causes separately. Maybe the idea of one event is realized by the physical states, but that each are full of the same realizations only working at two different times, for its present occurrences that also rely on itself being caused by the conditions appropriate to memory. 
Science looks to the physical property of engrams, which are theorized to be how memories are stored. It is characterized as a biophysical or biochemical change in the brain and other neural tissue in response to external stimuli. The existence of engrams is largely accepted in neurology, although their exact processing capacity and location has been a preoccupation for researchers. The extraction of tissue from the cerebellum and hippocampus from rats in a study shown it, it wasn't from where the tissue was extracted that affected memory, but the amount. The extent of having M as physical states realizing itself seems to me to show that assuming M is sufficient for being a causal physical property related to the same mental events, knowing that memories are shown to be physically embedded details and are not a further projection of mental phenomena summed up or brought into the mind on a type of event unspecified or non-real, settles the epiphenomenalism is a working theory for this problem. Purkinje cells in the cerebellum are fibrous structures and are aware of the selective patterns it receives from the conditioning it receives. The response to external stimuli that makes the eyes blink, such as a puff of air, are done in conjunction to other stimuli such as tones of sound. When the cell becomes more receptive to the stimuli, an increase in the amount of climbing fiber act activity is noticed. Once the conditioning is manifested, only tones are played as stimulus and the cells respond in a reduced but still noticeable learned reaction. So when causal properties in the eye meet the cerebellum, the Purkinje cells are realized by the stimulus from the eye given that the physical states active on the cells are enough to cause the same mental event in a new causal route due to its recognition of tone. These differing instances of causal powers are nonetheless completely realizable when it produces the same mental events, thus making forward and backward looking causes very questioning in nature and causal routes more deriving powers when assuming hypothesis of the mind. This instance shows that where, where or how stimuli are caused causing mental events does not separate the fact that two different causal routes are generating it. This picture of the mind's capacity to be instantiated in something physical, no matter the definition of the members in a given subset, show that the specificity of physical properties is always realizable and never only assumed or imagined. So therein I, I tie in the assumption that there is always further facts to generate the reality behind reality in an epiphenomenal way, but there will always be physical properties to tie in the experience of having mental events. To talk about the mind is not really to talk about the mind other than an epiphenomenal realization that everything is physically generating itself. And if you made it to the end, congratulations. So thanks for sticking around. I'm going to see you next time, okay?